Hey, it's such a blessing to see you here with us today, whether uh, you're in person right here gathered. It's such a great uh, thing to see your faces and feel your encouragement. Whether you're online, we pray that you'll be blessed as well, or maybe you're listening on the radio. I want to wish all of you an early happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we have so much to be thankful for. Uh, we're so blessed in that uh, in so many ways. A couple weeks ago, we started this series about being thankful, and we should give thanks for God is good. And we started talking about the power of the resurrection. Man, that alone is something that, that just gets me fired up, that, that in Christ we have this hope of resurrection because he was raised from the dead. And that is where our hope comes from, that Christ was raised. And two weeks ago we talked about his grace and that we're saved by grace through our faith in Christ. And then last week we talked about our unity that, that flows from that, that truth that we're united with him and that unity is spurred on by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and last week, we, we looked at ourselves in a, a different way than I think we probably generally do. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul tells us to look at one another, not the way the world looks. We, we often look at each other and we're like, oh, this is how I'm different from you or I'm different from you. And then we see that that's what divides us. But Paul says when we look at one another, we should see each other as gifts. Here's an amazing thing. When you, when you look at people that are, are belong to Christ, we, we need to look at each other, and we are gifts to one another to build each other up. What an amazing thing. So before we move on, uh, before we get in today's uh, message, I want you just to look around the room, find someone, and just say, I'm thankful for you. Let, let, let uh, yourself see them as a gift and say, I am thankful and grateful for you. Go, go ahead, do that right now. Hey, this can't be overstated. I am thankful for you. Uh, right now, there, today is a, a special day. I, I've noticed, and I want to acknowledge this, there are a number of people that have returned for the first time in a long time, both this service and, and the service at 8.30. And, and maybe you're home alone, and right now I want you to know you're not alone. Today we're going to see that united through the Holy Spirit, we are, we are bound together as brothers and sisters. One of the specific things that Ephesians 4 tells us to be thankful for is the gifts of certain people within the church. They are, they are literal gifts. He says, uh, you've been gifted with evangelists. You've been gifted with elders and shepherds, and you've been gifted with teachers. I am so thankful for the, the evangelists, the, the shepherds, the elders, and the teachers within the church. And right now, I want to remind you again, uh, the elders are accepting nominations after you pray over these considerations. And we are looking for continued uh, elders to guide, to oversee, to protect the church, to cast vision. And so uh, this week and next week, we'll be continuing to accept nominations. So if someone has been laid on your heart through the Holy Spirit that you would like to nominate, uh, please do that and turn it into the office. Guys, we have been blessed not only this year, but for about 150 years with God's guidance of, of great shepherds and elders. Let's praise God for that. That is a great blessing. Let's pray about that. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you for the unity we have. We thank you for the power of the resurrection. We thank you for the grace in which we're saved, that we, which we can't earn, but we're gifted with. Father, we thank you for the unity that we have through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Today, as we study the Holy Spirit, let us not be afraid, let us not feel strange, but be still at times and just listen to how he wants to empower our lives, affect us. Father, for the listeners on the radio and at home, I pray that they know they're united as well, that they be uh, challenged and encouraged all at the same time to be connected to your body, the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, have you ever received a gift? 
like this. And as you kind of dug into it, you know, somebody may say, happy birthday, Merry Christmas, or whatever. And as you began to unpack it, as you, as you dive into it a little deeper and you finally get your eyes on it, it, it happened. It's kind of to your surprise, you had no idea what it is. And you're like, oh, thanks a lot. You know, like this, this thing that you don't quite understand. I don't know if you can see this. Uh, I, I received a gift much like this. I was probably 13 or 14. And literally, when I opened it up and pulled it out of the bag, I'm like, oh, great. Uh, thank you for the whisk. I, I want to beat my eggs a little extra hard, you know? I was confused. And my grandmother, who gave it to me, she noticed I wasn't sure really what was going on. She probably read all over my face, you know, thank you. And she says, hey, Tyson, just sit there and be still. I'm going to show you the blessing of this gift. So she kind of pulled it apart a little bit, kind of took some shape. And she said, now just be totally still and receive uh, this, this gift in full. And she began to rub this thing on my head. And I just went paralyzed in, in total joy. Okay, I was like, wow, this is a great gift. Everyone needs one of these. But I wonder how many of you have ever received a gift and, and, and you were so confused that you, you, you didn't end up using it because you really didn't know what it was about at all. Today, I want to share with you a gift that, that, that makes this gift pale in comparison. It, it's, it, this is a, the gift we're going to talk about today is a, a million times more effective and powerful in our lives. It can change your life. It is the Holy Spirit. And yet, we all have access to the Holy Spirit. and We've all received it as people saved by the grace of Jesus. Many of us still are kind of unpacking, like, I'm not sure what to do with it. So let me encourage you today to follow my grandmother's advice and just sit still for a moment. As we dive into God's word and, and let it fill your head, let it, let it consume your body, let, 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 him, let him totally indwell in you and bless you with things that, that you uh, didn't even dream were possible. This gift is available to all who make Jesus Lord. And I know that's many of you, and it's available to you today. If you've never accepted him as Lord, he will come into your life today, right now. Look what it says in Acts chapter 2 about this promise of this gift. Peter has just preached this amazing sermon about Jesus, and, and he, he says at the end of the sermon, he says, this Jesus who's Lord, you crucified, and he has risen from the dead, and, and he has died for our sins. And these people says, yes, we understand this now. And it says their hearts were cut. It wasn't a physical cutting. It was an emotional realization that they were a part of the death and burial of Jesus. And that Jesus died for them and because of them. And they said, what should we do to be saved? And look what it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. A lot of times we stop there. Because we're like, hey, I, I want my sins dealt with so I can go to heaven. But Peter, God, don't stop there. He says, uh, your sins will be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Today I pray that you hold still for a few moments. You let your head and your heart and your entire being be uh, open to what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life if you're a believer of Christ. Far too often we misunderstand the gift. We're like, well, what is this? Uh, uh, sometimes we misuse the gift. And even worse yet, sometimes we ignore the gift completely. And it's a very dangerous place for the church to be. It's deadly. I don't know if you've seen it the last couple of months. I found it very enjoying. There have been videos floating around the internet, especially social media, that involve the Holy Spirit. Anybody seen any of those about Holy Spirit? Okay. Um, let me just give you a little bit. It's primarily been on TikTok. Okay. So if you don't have TikTok, you may have not seen it, but it's, it's made its way even to uh, uh, the YouTube just in general. But it kind of goes a little bit like this. Holy Spirit, activate, activate. Okay. I won't, I won't keep boring you with any more of that. 
But I was like, where are all these videos coming from? They would use the exact same little tune, the song that someone created. And like, where, where did this start? And I found the original source. And it may surprise you. Watch this clip of the family feud. Watch this. China? Yes, sir. Carney did okay. She got 184. <laughs> China, you need 16 points to win. Okay. I'm gonna ask you the same five questions you can Hold on. Okay. Holy Spirit, activate. Oh no. Holy oh, Spirit, no. Oh, activate. No. Holy Spirit, activate. 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 <laughs> All right, let's go. 11 years has never happened before. <laughs> right, right. Now, some of you are like, sign me up. Let's activate the Holy Spirit. And others, you're like, that's the strangest thing I've ever seen. I am all in favor of constantly being empowered by the Holy Spirit. I, I would love for us to leave here knowing the Holy Spirit is activated and fully involved in our lives. But, but in this and in the, in the joy that we can even get from the video, there's a little bit of danger because the Holy Spirit is not something we turn on and off on Sunday morning or, or Friday night. It is something that is alive and active every day of our lives. Amen? Amen. And we've got to become comfortable with that. We've got to become, uh, let that be empowered. Now, if you're offended by that and the abuse of the Holy Spirit, I would just caution you to know that the Holy Spirit will be activated and alive in people's life differently. It's not all going to look the same for every person. But also, let's treat the Holy Spirit with the respect and honor and glory that he deserves in our lives. That's not the most dangerous thing I've covered about the Holy Spirit this week, that sometimes we'll turn him on and off or try to. Because we will fail that. We can't control the Holy Spirit. One thing I learned at Bible college that, that was probably worth the price of admission in and of itself about the Holy Spirit is one day in class we were studying the book of Acts and the professor says, you know what the Holy Spirit is like? And we were like, okay, we're going to really write down this noble thing. This is who he is. He says he's like a, a 10,000 pound gorilla. He's going to do whatever he wants in your life as he empowers you. A lot of times we want to put him in a box. We want to be able to understand the gift. It is bigger than that. But today we're going to try to wrap our brains around and open our lives up to his powerful work. And what's most dangerous is when we ignore him completely. There's a danger, uh, dangerous thing happening across the church in the United States of America right now. And George Barna was able to identify it recently. George Barna uh, leads the Barna Group, and they do research within the church so that it, uh, based on what we learn about the church, uh, leaders and, and church families and elders can make decisions about how to, to refute things that are happening. And here's one thing they recently found about the Holy Spirit. And this is going to break your heart. George Barna and his group found that almost 60% of Americans who regularly attend Christian churches, this is not people that, that come on Christmas and Easter, these are people that come to church often. 60% of them say there's no such thing as the Holy Spirit. They believe the Holy Spirit is just a symbol of God's power, presence, or purity. This means that the majority of people who attend church on a regular basis in America do not believe in the Holy Trinity as we see in the Word of God. They don't believe in a God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This means they don't understand who God is, how he saved us, how he empowers us to live out his mission to share hope with the world. The Holy Spirit to much of our world has become, for far too many, just an impersonal force that you can flip on and off. And while I, I love the, the concept and the joy within the video clip, the Holy Spirit is not a force for us to control. The Holy Spirit is something that moves within us that is beyond anyone's control. Amen. 
And we have made it something that is merely a symbol. It's no wonder churches across our nation are dying because we've misunderstood him, not welcomed, or not been open to him at all, not wanted him. And that's dangerous. It's deadly to the church. And while today uh, there may be things you don't know about the Holy Spirit, I pray that you're not uncomfortable. I pray that you take the advice of my grandmother and sit still for a moment and just feel his blessing come over you. And the power that, that can help you in your darkest moments, in your greatest worries. And I want to declare before we even move any further, I believe the Holy Spirit is welcome and active within our church family. Amen? Amen. It is not something we're scared of. Is it something we fully understand? I confess no. But as we pursue him more, he always blesses and never lets us down. So I pray today, according to your word, not according to some uh, clip on the internet, that the Holy Spirit would be fully activated in this church for God's glory and for your benefit So how can we begin to do that? How how do we activate him? It's not a song or dance. I think it is our heart being open, our heart being cut, our heart being changed. And I want you to know my heart in this. I want to start to empower you by the Holy Spirit by letting you know he's a personal friend of mine. I would like to introduce you to him today through the scriptures. The Holy Spirit is the greatest helper, the greatest empowerment I have ever experienced in my life. And it's not just a power. He is a person that lives within me. And you can also be blessed by him. The Holy Spirit is alive and active in believers. And as we are more and more open to that, it's not something to be afraid of, but it's something to to help us uh, live and shine in life. He is our partner. He is our comforter. The Holy Spirit is not an it. I think that's important to know. Now today, I may misuse language and call him it occasionally, but he's not in it. He is a he who is God. And he lives inside of us. He's He's a God that indwells us and empowers us to know God better. And here's a cool truth. He's among us right now. He's among us as we gather. He's with you even when you're alone. If you're home tonight uh, or today, whenever you're watching this on the internet or on the radio, you may say, well, I'm not gathering church today. I don't feel the blessing. There is a blessing that comes with gathering that cannot be replaced, but you are not alone if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is with you always. He's among us today. So as we talk about him, let's not forget he's among us. I think that's rude. Have you ever talked about someone as if they're not there? That's rude. You know, I don't know, where's D at today? There he is, right here again. You know, wouldn't it be rude if, if we just talked about D for the next five, ten minutes and, and didn't act like he's here among us? It's just annoying. Uh, let's, let's try to, when we, when we think about God, when we think about Jesus, when, especially when we consider the Holy Spirit, let's realize he's in our midst. And I am so thankful that the Holy Spirit is here. So I, I, again, in our songs, in our worship songs, in our prayers, and in this moment, I say thank you, God, to letting the Holy Spirit be in our midst. And that is beyond what we often can think about, but it's such an pow- empowering thing to know he's with us. You know, you're like, Tyson, that gets really, that kind of mystical. It, why, why is that power among us? No, once again, it is God uh, living within us. That's what the word of God says. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. Do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? He's with us. See, the more we understand about God who loves us and Jesus who died for us and the spirit that lives in us, the more empowered and ready we will be to give him glory and stand against the devil. 
We need to give thanks to the Holy Spirit for what he's done. I want to share with you some principles that will empower you to, to be comfortable with this gift, to better understand it. Here's the first one. We need to give thanks because the Holy Spirit is a personal promise given by God, not an ex emotional experience driven by us. See, sometimes we're like, oh, if I can do this, if I can do this, if I can hold my head sideways, if I can do the dance, if I can say the right words, the Holy Spirit may bless us. No, it's a promise. He will. He will come into our lives. Uh, here's, the, here's the litmus test for, if you will, if you will repent of your old life, turn away from your old life, move towards Christ, and be immersed into his death, burial, and resurrection, you will receive the gift of the Spirit. Look what the Bible says. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you. He's talking about the disciples of that day. Your children and all who are far off or all whom the Lord our God will call. That's you. Some of you have been called 80 years ago. Some of you are called right now. You're like, I believe God may be working my life. It feels like there's some tug in my heart to, to respond to this. He is calling you right now. And the promise is, if you repent and are baptized, you will receive a spirit. Man, I pray that you're thankful for that. I, I pray that we understand that promise and God is always faithful. I'm so thankful for the promise that it isn't something I have to do, it's, but it's something I can receive. I'm also thankful for this truth. We need to give thanks because the Holy Spirit is given to all God saves, not achieved in the second blessing. It's a similar concept, but some people believe that God will save many, but he only blesses some with the Holy Spirit, uh, and you have to have some spiritual awakening to get to that level. No, that, that's not what the Bible teaches. Uh, look, look what it says in Scripture. If anyone, in Romans 8, 9, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. So if you're going to belong to Christ, if you're going to be saved by him, you're going to have a spirit. It's the way it is. Notice that the Bible doesn't say uh, that, that those who belong to Christ will have this special ability to speak in tongues or be able to see some vision that no one else can see, and, and then the spirit comes on them. No, he says, if you're in Christ, you're going to have a spirit. The Old Testament, we see the spirit dwell in the Holy of Holies in the temple. At times, he would come on certain uh, men or women for special things. Like we know that he rested on Saul for a time and then Saul uh, got caught up in his sin and his pride and the spirit was taken from Saul in the Old Testament. But most of the time, the spirit uh, lived within the temple, the Holy of Holies. But I am so thankful now that he lives in you, the church. Not this building. We need to get past this. We come here to gather, to, to unite, to worship God. And it is a great blessing. But when we go, that's when the church is really active, uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit. He is in us and living in us. I'm so thankful for you, the church, that has the Spirit. Also, to understand this, we can give thanks for the Holy Spirit because he's growing us to be like Christ and to produce fruit in us. See, when we repent and we're baptized, we will begin to grow. It doesn't mean all of a sudden we're perfect. Ben talked about this so well this morning in his communion uh, devotion. We are holy from the beginning. God sees us through Jesus, but we don't become uh, like Jesus immediately. God sees us that way, but we're to grow through the Spirit and the, the fruit he produces. And fruit takes time to grow. Right now, I don't know, unless you've got something in your house growing under a lamp, there's not fruit growing. There's seasons of growth. Some of you may be in a winter right now in your life. You haven't produced fruit for a long time. It's, start, it's time to start growing, and the Holy Spirit is what empowers that. 
Look what it says. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. we got to keep walking. The fruit doesn't grow overnight. It's a process. Last week we talked about this concept that was hard for me to even justify in my own mind. I knew, I knew it was true by scripture, but I struggled with this. And I want you to know, sometimes uh, when our feelings don't line up with the word, what well, has to win? The word. But my feelings are like, how could I ever do this? The, the scripture says we will walk worthy of the calling of Christ. The, the original text in Ephesians 4 said it's kind of like a, a balance. Remember, we talked about this with weights. And if Christ's life is here, we're to be able to have a life worthy of that weight. I'm like, how can we do that? And the scripture told us last week, I'm like, man, I, I feel like I'm going to fall short every time. And we will, unless the Holy Spirit's involved. Here's what the word of God is saying here. When you have the Holy Spirit in your life and, and you're walking in step with him, if you keep in step with him, like Ephesians, uh, Galatians 5 says here, your weight based on the Holy Spirit will have a worthiness that that's mimics Christ. Do we ever reach that full maturity this side of heaven? No. But we can walk worthy, empowered by the Spirit that he produces fruit in us. I wonder how many of you are producing fruit. Or are you just totally outweighed and your, your life has very little worth compared to Christ? We need to ask God, hey, produce a fruit in me through the Spirit. And we're going to look at some ways we can. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. There's so much great blessing in this text. We're just going to look at one more text today, Romans 8. We're going to see some things that the, the Spirit does within our lives. The first portion of this is in Romans 8, verse 9. Here's the truth of this text. It says this, I believe, that we can give thanks because the Holy Spirit empowers our self-control. Look at verse 9. It says this, You are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. There are people all around us, and we become these people at times, when the Spirit is not activated in our lives, that we uh, give in to the things of the flesh. We, we give in to our desires that are deep down inside of us. Uh, this scripture talks very plainly about these, this sinful nature. If we go back two weeks, we were talking about grace and how we believe here through the Word of God that God does not create a person full of sin from the beginning, but what we're created with is a sinful nature that will lead us to sin quickly. And in our sinful nature, when we sin, we become uh, not right with God, but God saves us through His grace. And in this passage here, He's saying, hey, the sinful nature we no longer have to be controlled by if we allow the Spirit to control us. But how often do we give in to our desires? Desires for alcohol, drugs, maybe sex, maybe gambling. Uh, you name this, this impulse that we have, uh, and all of a sudden we, we didn't want to have anything part of it, but, but we're drawn into it. He says we no longer have to be controlled by that. God will give us through the Holy Spirit self-control. How easily do we allow ourselves to be controlled by emotions of ourselves, like anxiety and anger and depression? And all of a sudden we have rushed into these human emotions, these human desires, and they'll lead us astray. Paul here is saying, do not be controlled by that selfish desire anymore, but let the Spirit control you. Too often we'll give in to emotions and we'll just say, I'm losing it, I can't help myself, I've got to do what I feel like. And we give ourselves a pass in doing whatever feels good to us for the moment, knowing that we're going astray from God's will. 
Here's what I want you to know. This is what the scripture is saying. You no longer have to be controlled by, by this human nature inside you, this animalistic thought that I've got to please myself no matter what. Uh, here's a newsflash. When you're saved by the grace of God, like Ben said this morning, we're called to be holy um, because he is holy. We're no longer just animals fulfilling instincts. Amen? Some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is, a, this is a great blessing for you. You are not animals fulfilling instincts or humans just wanting to please yourself. If you've been saved by Jesus, you've been blessed with the Holy Spirit, and you're put in a position to live at a higher level, to live a life worthy of Jesus. So let's do that. Amen. And the Holy Spirit says you, you can uh, resist these sinful natures. Does that mean as Christians we'll never struggle with temptation? No, it does not mean that. Does it mean that we won't have anger issues or depression issues? No. We will at times, but know that the spirit of the living God who lives in you is stronger than all those human problems. Allow the spirit, spirit to balance your life. Here's another thing. We can give thanks to the spirit because he gives us real life. Look at verse 10. And Christ lives within you. This is a reminder. So that even though your bodies will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. This is the same concept. I can't help but think of John 10, 10 here, where Jesus is talking to disciples and he says, I've come to give you life and life to the full. Jesus came to give us life and now the Holy Spirit is the one who lets us live it when he lives in us. This, this word for life in, in John 10, 10 is zoe. It, it means life abundantly. It means life uh, to an extreme value. And here what the word of God is saying, the Holy Spirit is what really lets us live that way. I don't know if you notice, I don't know if you've ever come in conflict or conversation with someone in the world. They're like, I thought about being a Christian, but it's just so boring. Anybody ever have a conversation like that at all? I, I, I consider being a Christian, but I have to give up all these things. Most of us have encountered those things. Maybe you feel that way. Guys, I want you to know the Christian life is anything but boring. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, it's literally amazing. Heard a story of a young man in his early 20s, who one day accepted Christ. You may have heard this story. Uh, from like 15 to in his early 20s, he lived a wild life. I mean, he, he had multiple girlfriends. He, he uh, really did the party scene, a lot of alcohol, some drug use, gambling. I mean, he was the type of guy that went to Vegas and then he talked about it all the time. One day, he was kind of frustrated with life and where that life was leaving him. And one of his friends brought him to a church. Exposed him to the good news of Jesus Christ, and he accepted Christ as Savior, uh, uh, repented of that old life, and said, man, I've got to make a change. He was made new in Christ, was baptized, uh, and the preacher talked to him about the Holy Spirit coming to his life. He said, man, I've got to do my very best uh, to control all of this. So he went home making sure he wasn't going to sin that day. And it wasn't going so well. He was alone in his room, and he was overwhelmed with all that was before him. The preacher had a little bit of uh, uh, guidance, probably from the Spirit, to give him a call. And the preacher says, hey, how are you doing? The guy says, oh, it's not very good. I'm sitting here in my bed, just sitting at the edge of my bed. Actually, when you called, I realized that I can't have any of my old girlfriends over. Uh, really uh, trying to stay out of the, the beer in the refrigerator, knowing I shouldn't take any, any drugs today. He goes, I'm just a little bit overwhelmed. I'm sitting here, really, just realizing the joys of the Christian life. That's not the way God has intended us to live. While we will be holy as holy, guys, there is nothing greater than, than living a life filled with the Holy Spirit and Jesus. 
I, I want you to know uh, the greatest joys of my life haven't done with anything of my spiritual flesh, but they are when I'm faithfully being obedient to what the Holy Spirit is leading me to do. And that brings joy. That's one of the fruit of the Spirit's joy. See, when God is living in you, it should be evident. I, I love whenever I in, in, uh, encounter people and you could just see the joy of Jesus in their life. In fact, if you have the joy of Jesus in your heart, you know what you should do? Every once in a while, notify your face. If you have the joy of Jesus in your heart, let, let your face know it's there and let others know and, and enjoy life. That's what the Word of God says. The Holy Spirit gives us joy. We also can be thankful the Holy Spirit raises our bodies from the dead. Look at verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Man, that's great truth. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead... He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Man, that's something you can trust. This goes back. If you need to catch up on this, go back to the first series, uh, the first sermon of the series, through the power of the resurrection. That that power of the resurrection really empowers us to live as well. It's a truth you can trust. We can also give thanks because the Holy Spirit gives us power over temptation. Temptation will still keep coming. Look at verse uh, 12 and 13, though. It says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters... You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Let's talk about temptation. He says, church family, if you've been saved by Jesus, you are no longer obligated to just be tossed around by every temptation that comes. You can make a stand and say, through the Holy Spirit, I'm resisting this temptation and I'm fleeing from it and I'm trusting in God to protect me. If you live by its dictates, you will die. But through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the sinful nature you will live. Please hear this. When you're baptized into Christ, temptations will still come. Temptations in your sinful nature will continue to knock on your heart and your minds, but you're no longer obligated to follow them. In fact, you can stand up against them. And this language here, look what it says, and the power of the Spirit puts to death these things. The same language of being put to death is what the word uh, during crucifixion uh, that we see in the Bible where Christ is put to death. And crucifixion by the Roman government was something to be a long, drawn-out process. They would try to kill someone as long as they could to make an example of them. Guys, we we need to understand uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ, when we're saved by his grace, we are continually going to be putting to death the sinful nature. And it is like crucifying that part of your body, that part of your life over and over again. That's why Jesus says, take up your cross. How often? Daily. It's not like you're baptized and and you take up your cross once and all of a sudden I'm free from temptation. That's not the way it works. But daily you take up your cross and the Bible says Jesus said to deny yourself, your sinful nature, and live for him. And the Spirit helps us put that to death. It's a process that some of you haven't started. Oh, you've received the gift. You're like, man, thanks, Grandma. Thanks, God, for taking care of my sins. Now he says live by the Spirit. And you're like, you haven't started the process. You are saved, but but you're still doing the exact same things you did 40 years ago. You're lying, you're cheating, not just on your homework, but on your wife. You're looking at pornography, saying God's name in vain. You're stealing whenever you get half of a chance. You're doing things you know you shouldn't do, and you're saying God's going to forgive me. Paul says in Romans 6, "Don't, don't go on sinning so grace can increase. We're mocking the Spirit and God's grace when we're like, hey, we can do whatever we want. Our sins are forgiven. No, he says live by the Spirit, not by your sinful nature. 
It's a process that leads us to overcome it, and we do it daily. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you guys, live a life worthy of Christ. Here's another great blessing. Look at verse 14. Give thanks because the Holy Spirit guides us. The Word of God says in verse 14, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Our world needs leading right now. As much as I've ever seen, man, I know I'm not that old, but right now our world, our neighborhood, your families, you as an individual need guidance more than ever, I believe. Because this world is tough. This world is divided. This world's in chaos. And the world looks for guidance in the wrong places. So many people are looking for guidance through the government, through horoscopes, through relationship gurus, through self-help experts, through lawyers, through doctors, and the list goes on and on. Now, please understand me. There can be great wisdom that come from experts, from counselors, from doctors. There is a great advice that can be learned by science. But when we, the church, 60% of us across this nation say, the Holy Spirit is not really something that's from God. It's just a symbol. We are going to be lost When we look at medical and scientific revolution to be our thing we trust in, or we look to the government uh, to be our breakthrough that we can uh, know the future secure in, we will be lost forever. And trusting in that, there will be great trouble. Here's what the Word of God says, though. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Guys, there's so much to be gained from the way God has blessed us. Remember, we're not all the same. He's blessed some of us with these gifts and some of these gifts, and we can learn from one another, but our core trust has to be in the spirit leading, not the world and what it offers. Some of you today are hurting so bad and you need, to, you need guidance. Even today, before I came in here, I learned that some of you have things that I never would have dreamed you're dealing with going on right now. And I prayed for you as even we said some, uh, we're worshiping together. I pray that you've come to the right place, not just because you're in this building, but you are going to begin to be guided by the Holy Spirit and God working in your life. Boy, do we need guided right now. We need guidance from him. Seek his wisdom and continue to, to pray that God would lead you. He will. Look at verse 15. We need to give thanks because the Holy Spirit gives us confidence to call God Daddy. Now, this may be the one that at first glance doesn't make very much sense, but the Holy Spirit in us gives us confidence to say to God, hey, hey, Dad, hey, Father, I'm so thankful for everything you've done. Look at what the text says. Verse 15, so you have not received a spirit that makes us fearful slaves. Instead, we received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we can call him Abba Father. You know what Abba is translated as? Daddy. Whatever the most intimate word you have for your father, your grandfather, that's, that's the feeling of this text. And because the Spirit is in us, it gives us an ability to go before Father and say, God, the Father, you're amazing. Thank you for being my dad. It goes right to connected from the first thing I want to do, introduce you to my friend, the Holy Spirit. This allows us to not only have a friend of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but to come before God and say, thank you, Father, to be in our family, that I'm in your family. It gives us confidence to speak to him in that way. I pray today as you, as you pray that you would say, God, I'm thankful to be your child and that you're my daddy. I need your help. It lets us speak with that type of confidence. It also, the Spirit lets us speak up for him. 
We live in a world that is diminishing God, is diminishing the Holy Spirit, is making fun of Jesus. And when you're in any situation and you feel uh, your faith and what you know is in God's word being trampled, speak up. I'm so thankful there's a young man uh, that doesn't go to our church uh, this, this week. I'm not thankful that he doesn't go to our church, but he goes to another church in town. And he spoke up in the high school about something that was dead wrong. And I applaud him for that. I pray that you would do that. Maybe you're going to be at school or at the university or in your workplace and someone is going to be mocking or making fun of Jesus. Speak up. Amen. Maybe someone, a neighbor across the street says, hey, where do you have your hope? Where does your joy come from? I see you smiling. I don't see you yelling at your family. I see some really great things. Where does your hope come? Speak up and say, it's Jesus. But you know what we often do when the world speaks up? They're silencing the truth right now. And so through the Holy Spirit, when something is wrong in our hearts, when something comes against God's word, it's time for the church to speak up. Amen. How about an amen about that right now? We need to speak up. We need to be in a position by trusting the Holy Spirit to speak up. Look what it says in the text. Jesus is dealing with the disciples and they're worried about what they're going to say. Look what it says in Matthew 10. On my account, you'll be brought before the governors and the kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. Here's what we could translate this as. There's going to be a time you have to be brought before the world. And when they arrest you, do not worry about what you'll say or, or how you'll say it. At that time, you'll be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. We can trust that when the Holy Spirit needs us to speak up, He will give us words. And they can often be done with gentleness and in a cordial way, with respect. But guys, it's time for the church to speak up for Jesus Christ, to speak up for truth. If someone mocks or someone makes fun of, of the word of God, especially the hope we have, don't be silent any longer. Look at this, the next one, verse 16. Give thanks because the Holy Spirit confirms our salvation. Look what it says in verse 16. For the Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Here's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes in us. God sees us as we belong to him. I think Satan knows we belong to him because he's very much part of the spiritual world. And when the Holy Spirit is in us, we are marked as his. It's kind of like this back in the day. I don't know how many of these still exist. That if you had a girlfriend, you wanted to mark her. You gave her your letterman jacket. Okay, You're like, that's, that's my girl. Or maybe you gave her a class ring. Just this morning in Sunday school, I went down to visit Tiffany's class in the yellow room. She was teaching, I think, uh, kindergarten and first graders. And they had really no, they knew who Tiffany was. They're like, who are you? And I was like, I'm Tiffany's boyfriend. That's the way I put it at first. They're like, what? There's no, I said, in fact, no, I'm her husband. We, we are uh, together as husband and wife. See, this ring and this ring go together. And they're like, oh, okay. They're still a little confused because I married way outside of my coverage, okay? I was blessed beyond what I could imagine. But here's what God does in, in this way and so much more. I'm going to mark you not with a ring, not with a jacket. I'm marking you with my uh, holy nature, the Holy Spirit in you. He's marked you, so be confident. Look what Scripture says in verse 13 of chapter 1 of Ephesians. And you also are included with Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, a seal. The promise of the Holy Spirit. The promised Holy Spirit. Look at the next one. This is the hardest one probably today. Give thanks because the Holy Spirit sustains us in suffering. Look at verse 17. And since you're as children, we are as heirs. In fact, together with Christ, 
We are heirs of God's glory, but if we, are, if we share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. The Christian life, while it's joyful and stuff, it can be one of the most difficult lives you'll ever live. Ask Peter, who was crucified upside down. Ask Christians in China who are standing up for his word. Ask, ask people that have went before us and the, the, the statements of faith and the steps of faith they took to proclaim his word. Guys, this is not meant to be easy, but it's the most rewarding thing you'll ever participate in. And Christ is ready to give us glory, but he says you'll also share in suffering. Some of you are going through things that you never thought would happen right now that are overwhelming. Things that you're like, I'm not even sure I can make it through this. There are things that some of you are suffering right now I don't even want to talk about because it breaks my heart. There are things all over the world today that, that are wrong. Suffering is real. Kids come up with cancer for no reason at all. Uh, families uh, are divided through divorce. Whole villages in third world countries are, are starving of hunger and full of disease right now. And it is dead wrong. There is suffering everywhere. But the, the Spirit says, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Maybe you know someone right now who is hurting. I, I would The greatest thing I could share with you to do for them is let them know the Spirit is with them as their believers. Sometimes that's the only thing a pastor or anyone as a Christian can do. I remember it like it was yesterday. It's probably been 11 years now, though. One of the leaders at Hersher Christian Church had a tragic thing happen to his family. Both his mom and dad were dr driving on a mail route out in rural Kanky County, and somehow during a little bit of black ice, they went off the road and and they went down into a ravine and into a stream and they went under the water and their, their car went down under the ice and then was lodged in the ice. And initially we couldn't find them. They, they searched the car and they're like, they're not there. Maybe, maybe they came up, maybe they're alive. They searched for three days, but you could tell what was going to happen. Three days into the search, they found both of them quite a bit ways washed downstream. They never came up out of the ice. What a tragic thing. Uh, this family, the Albert family, was overwhelmed with grief. They had been preparing for the possibility, but when it hits, it hits hard. Mom and dad are gone. Uh, they were overwhelmed with, with uh, frustration and, and anger and probably depression. And as I, walked, uh, as I was heading to the house and I was walking in, it was about a minute drive. I was like, God, what am I going to say? How can I help? And you know what I realized? I couldn't say anything. But we just sat together and we prayed, and, and they began to talk about the Holy Spirit offering them peace. The funeral for both of them happened at the same time. First time I've ever done that. But you know that family did, while they grieved, they grieved with hope. And you know what Scott and Alicia Elbert have now been doing all throughout Kankakee County, leading grief share classes and pointing others who have suffered loss, uh, the promise and the peace and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And they have done that for years. And Scott Elbert has went back to school uh, to become a pastor through uh, Lincoln Christian University. And God is working in their life much for his glory out of that suffering. So if you're in suffering today, know that God can use that if you stay close to the Holy Spirit. Because he will stay close to you. Look what Jesus says about this Holy Spirit. In John 14, he says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost of Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all these things and bring you to, to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said to you, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world giveth, I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. What an amazing promise from Jesus that he will send a comforter. Some of you need that today. Hold on to that. 
There's one more thing as we wrap up. Uh, this, this text in Romans 8 is so rich, but look what this last one, it's in verse 26 to 7. We see this promise that the Holy Spirit gives us through prayer. We can be thankful because the Holy Spirit prays for us. Look at 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but when the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed with words, the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with his own will. Isn't that amazing? That when you're so broken, when you're so overwhelmed, when you're so uh, full of anxiety, when you're so uh, full of anger, whatever it may be, when you're being stressed to your limits, there's times when you do what my grandmother said, just be still and let the Holy Spirit pray for you because you don't know what to pray. Let's be honest, sometimes you don't even know what we're doing for lunch. How many of you still are still trying to figure that out? How in the world do we think all the time we're going to know what we should pray for then? In that moment, we've got to be real with ourselves. I don't have this. Holy Spirit, activate. I'm going to sit here and be quiet and give myself to you, knowing that you're going to pray on my behalf, and he will. But please don't turn it off. Because in that moment when you're being stretched at work or on, on the basketball court or with your girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever it may be, in, in the bank's office, in, in, in front of the, the judge, wherever it may be, you can't all of a sudden doing the dance like the girl did on Family Feud. You need to know the Holy Spirit is praying for you all the time and trust in that. What a great blessing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Man, I could talk for hours about this. But I want this to set in your heart and your mind today and the things we've said. And you may say, I, I, don't, I don't have this gift. Well, the only reason is because you haven't, you haven't decided to accept it. It starts first by, remember, repenting of our old life and turning to Christ. Being immersed in baptism, saying, I want to be made new in him. And then the promise of your sins being forgiven and the gift of the Holy Spirit are for everyone that God is calling. Is God calling you? I said it, but you know who's actually tugging at your heart if he is? It's the Holy Spirit. Is God, through the Holy Spirit, calling you to respond, to repent? Is God calling you, uh, through the Holy Spirit, to be made new in him through baptism? If he is, don't wait another day. And if you have been baptized, if you've repented, allow him to bless you more than I could even share with you today in this short time. Amen. Stand with me as we prepare to sing. If you have a decision to make, would you come forward? Today we're going to give ourselves the Spirit again in this time. And if you need to make a decision, Dee and I would love to talk to you. We'd love to share with you. Maybe you want to be a part of this church family. You say, man, we are united in the spirit, and this is going to be my home forever. If any of that's true, please come forward. Father in heaven, we thank you for today and the challenge and the promises of your word. Let us open up this gift fully and know that you're in control. Father, we thank you for living in us, not with just a power or a symbol, but with your person and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.